I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth, pandemic parenting to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood, the insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy weaning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to protect and gently cleanse sensitive newborn and even premature skin. As the number one wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Happy Mother's Day from every mum to every mum. This week we are joined by Dr. Adele Woods to talk about celebrating your first Mother's Day. Dr. Adele, founder of the exclusive Aura Clinic, has focused much of her adult life and career goals, working hard and in control. When she put her mind to something, it worked out. But our fertility doesn't work like that. Endometriosis, miscarriage and a premature birth taught Adele that in motherhood, we can't predict what will happen. All we can do is support ourselves through each phase. Here we talk about motherhood, worrying it might never happen and also not kind of being ready when birth begins too soon. Becoming a mother is the most transformative love, fear, joy and worry and it's to be celebrated. We are to be celebrated. Happy Mother's Day. Adele, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast. We are here to talk about a very special few months for you. We're here to talk about baby Tom. We're here to talk about his very swift arrival and that this is your first Mother's Day. Thanks so much, Sinead, for having me here. Um, I'm delighted to chat to you. I feel like a somewhat of an imposter on this podcast because it's been a total whirlwind over the last number of months um, since Tom arrived. So he's seven months now. And yeah, it's been absolutely amazing, but a, but a whirlwind. So I'm still finding my feet in this new role. It, and look, I think there is nothing that can prepare you for those first few months um, or first few years, to be honest. Um, but when you were considering motherhood, was it always on the agenda or was it kind of something that impulsively arrived into your life? Um, I don't think it was either in lots of ways. I definitely wasn't something that was always on my agenda. It was, you know, I've always been, I suppose, very working, career focused. And um, then... I guess over the last couple of years, maybe four or so years, I really started to think about it. And I guess my husband and I got to a place where we kind of felt, you know, now feels like a good time to embark on this new chapter. Um, and like lots of other people, I suppose we thought that we would just decide and the stork would drop a baby down to us um, as soon as we made the decision. But that wasn't exactly how it went. We had a small bit of a journey to get there, but um, I was 
we, we'd we been trying for a little while and not a lot was happening. Um, and then I had a small surgery for uh, endometriosis, which had been undiagnosed for years. Um, and we were lucky enough to become pregnant pretty quickly after that, but had a, a miscarriage at about maybe week eight, I think, or seven, possibly. I can't recall now exactly. And then later we then... Uh, became pregnant again, had another very early miscarriage, or I suppose maybe you'd even describe it as a chemical pregnancy. Um, and all of that, I suppose, really brought it home to us how much we really, really wanted to start a family. And I guess we started to become quite fearful that we were going to have a longer journey than we ever anticipated um, and that it might not be as easy as making the decision to have a baby and getting a baby. But anyway, we um, found out we were pregnant very early in the new year then with um, the baby that became our little man Tom so we've been very very lucky. When you're in those moments where you think especially I think you know you're incredibly successful you're incredibly diligent you have studied hard you have worked hard and you have you know you've gone for the things that you've wanted and they've happened Mm -hmm. it can be really hard when all of a sudden fertility doesn't happen for us. Yeah definitely I you know, I find it hard, like I don't, I suppose, even describe it in lots of ways as a fertility journey, but it gave me a very brief glimpse into how challenging that type, that journey is um, and the emotions that go along with it. People have a lot harder times than we did and we were very, very lucky, but it's definitely added anxiety to, I suppose, the pregnancy in some ways, um, but also to the idea of when do you think about having a second baby and things like that? Um, and it was definitely new for me, the thought that just because I put my mind to this, I can't make it happen. It was so outside of my control. And I suppose I am definitely very much a type A person. I, you know, make a decision and will work on something. And, you know, OK, not everything works out. But I mean, I feel like if I really put my mind to things that I can I, I can I, I can fulfill what I want to do um, and that's not the case with fertility and with having babies um, unfortunately and I guess you know it, it, it's it's exceptionally common nowadays and I think it's you know especially for I, I'm nearly 36 now as well so it's, it's not uncommon I think. Was there ever a moment where you thought maybe this really won't happen? Oh definitely I suppose it was actually around the Christmas time. Um, we were kind of in the middle of buying our home and I wasn't sure if that was going to work out. We were, the COVID pandemic was there and I was really worried about my business. And then on top of all of that in the background, I wasn't telling anyone about, I suppose, how worried I was that we equally weren't going to have a family. And I felt, you know, my gosh, that's actually going to turn my whole world upside down if it doesn't happen, because in lots of ways, I suppose, I think even close friends would perceive that I am very focused on my career and on work. But actually, those that know me the the best, like my husband and my family, know that really, for me, it's as much as my work is so important to me, it's all about being able to do the things I need to do to have a family life, to hopefully have a nice home and to be able to just, you know, have have a nice life with the family. And I felt that if we weren't going to have a family, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, what have I been working so hard to do? Um, 
you know, I would have made so many different decisions possibly if, if that life wasn't going to happen. So it did throw a lot of those kind of thoughts into my mind. Um, and I definitely found it very difficult, you know, seeing other people starting to uh, have babies at that time. I'd had years prior friends that had babies and, you know, when I wasn't in that place, I, I was just delighted for them. And certainly even when I was struggling myself a little bit, I was delighted for my friends or family members. But I, I, I really found it very, very difficult to, I suppose, be deeply happy because you just feel like, oh, gosh, you know, you really might end up missing out on this. And it, it really had become something really important to me. You mentioned that you had undiagnosed endometriosis, mm -hmm. which is sadly the case for a lot of women. You know, there's, I think that there is such an, such an absence in understanding of endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And certainly women are almost expected to just sort of continue with the symptoms and not really be brought towards a solution. For you, were, were there any signs or symptoms leading into the fact that you were struggling to conceive or was it simply discovered because you were trying to conceive? Um, a little bit of both shades. So from my teenage years, I struggled with stomach problems, you know, very, like very bad pain. I actually was hospitalized a couple of times with this and everyone just thought it's, it's actually IBS. Um, and that kind of went on for years and years. Now it would go through periods of being a lot better and a lot worse. Um, but I just kind of lived with it and, you know, always packed a hot water bottle in my bag and things like that um, if I was going away somewhere. And then when I, the endometriosis was diagnosed kind of randomly because I went to the GP um, when we'd been at least 18 months, maybe a little bit longer, kind of, I suppose, thinking, trying to become pregnant and nothing at all was happening. I went and kind of said it to the GP and I suppose the first referral was straight to um, a fertility clinic and something in my gut just said to me you know we went but something in my gut said you know I, I'm not ready for that uh, aspect of this journey yet I, I, I just feel like there's possibly something underlying this um, that you know for me myself that there might be something going on so when I went uh, so we kind of parked that despite having a consultation and I ended up just asking for a referral to a, a consultant a gynecologist. Um, so I went to see Nikki Kroon and again, so she, she did the laparoscopy and diagnosed the endometriosis then. So I suppose it was the fact that we were trying to become pregnant that um, started on that journey, but it, it was kind of, I suppose, a little bit of self-advocacy as well that I felt I wasn't quite ready to go straight into, um, even, you know, possibly an IVF journey I, I wanted to investigate myself fully first just to find out was there something going on or not. So apart from conceiving which mm -hmm. obviously was a very big positive of the fact that the endometriosis was uh, diagnosed and that there was some treatment have you felt any other benefits physically how how have you you know how has that changed for you? To be honest, um, you know, I don't know if every, anyone else's experience is different, but um, during pregnancy, obviously, you have no symptoms of endometriosis. And I've been really lucky since pregnancy that it's been pretty OK as well. Um, now, you know, I can feel it maybe starting to creep back in again or some of the old symptoms, but it's actually trying to think 
you know, there's not a huge amount of continuity maybe with care or a lot that you can do in relation to endometriosis. Um, so I guess at the moment, I'm just hoping that it stays at bay and that maybe I, that I won't need to have another little treatment if we think about having a baby again or if symptoms um, progress. So it's I, 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 I've been I've been quite lucky that things have stayed at bay. So I think I'm definitely one of the lucky ones early in the new year. We got a positive that stuck around and became Tom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's um, we just feel just so blessed, really. He's just absolutely amazing. Um, kind of keeps us laughing every day, even when you're tired. <laughs> Tell me about that pregnancy, because it's normal to have huge levels of anxiety anyway. Yeah. And obviously anxiety related to everything that was going on in January. And of course, you know, wondering, will this little one stick around? Yeah, definitely. You know, the first, I suppose, 12 weeks, I was pretty lucky we were in lockdown. So I was able to take it quite easy uh, and I was absolutely exhausted. I got to avoid um, a lot of the um, nausea and vomiting and sickness that a lot of women experience. Now, I paid for that and I got my fair share of that after Tom was born. But certainly, uh, other than tiredness, and I mean, being very, very tired in the first 12 weeks, I did quite well. And I managed to kind of just cocoon myself away at home. Um, but absolutely, it was there was a lot of worry and anxiety at that time because, you know, every time you get past I caught, you know, let's say the seven or eight week mark, which is where we um, had had our first miscarriage. You think, OK, we're getting there and we're getting closer. Um, but, you know, he was absolutely perfect. And we did go for our scan and that gave me a lot of comfort. And to be honest, from there on in, I really stopped worrying. Um, I don't know what it was. I, I didn't expect to not worry from there on in. I, I really thought that I would because I'm generally a worrier, but I I just felt he was he was here to stay and I didn't know it was a he at that point obviously mm -hmm. but I, I really just thought this this is it and this is going to happen um so I was you know I, I I did I I enjoyed my pregnancy now I you know I was working an awful lot throughout it which is actually probably one of my my regrets actually um because you know i i didn't really give myself a lot of time to think about being pregnant uh, i was still squishing my swollen feet into a pair of high heels so right up until the very end um but i yeah i i, I suppose somewhere in my mind i always felt i had that last trimester where i was going to really focus on having a baby and the new life that was coming um and i in my mind i thought i would spend the first two trimesters of the pregnancy kind of just focusing on the other side of my life work and getting all of that teed up and ready for me to hopefully depart um for a little while and and, and take some time out but uh tom had other ideas and arrived early so it really came as a big whirlwind and i didn't quite get that wind down period where i thought i would have lots of time to prep and think about um being a mom and what that was going to mean i really i i was i was in work one day and it was kind of just just there the next and it was a whole new new thing very unexpected how did you realize something's happening here um you know it was that that whole day on the sunday i i felt great and 
my husband and I were planning on going up Ticknock for a walk. And thankfully we didn't because that was actually my husband's biggest fear through my whole pregnancy, that something would happen at the top of Ticknock. Um, so I, again, I don't know, I, that morning I just decided, oh, you know what, I don't feel like going, which is actually very unlikely mm -hmm. when I look back now. Um, and I just said to Michael, my husband, you know, I'm just going to organize um, a few different things, mainly work related things, actually very boring things. Um, and I did all of that for the day. And then I decided, you know, what, I'm going to set up um, my baby changing bag. And now at this stage, I was just 33 weeks pregnant. So I was still pretty early and I even hooked the baby change bag onto the buggy and all this kind of stuff. So I, I, that's what I was spending the day doing. Um, and that evening I got into bed and I actually just said to Michael, you know, I'm actually really ready to not be pregnant anymore. And in about 20 minutes, my waters just broke. Oh my God. Um, it was, oh, it was just so, like out of the blue. I, I really, I, I, I couldn't have anticipated it. You know, I, um, you know, the, the, there was nothing, there was no precursor other than on reflection, my own behaviour that day. And actually my little dog Teddy's behaviour was a little bit unusual that day. Um, but there was nothing physical other than the waters going. And um, yeah, we just, uh, I suppose I have a personal trait is that when I'm panicking or in a crisis, I become deathly calm. Mm. Um, so my poor husband was very, anxious running around we have to go and I was like it's fine it's fine we're going to be fine there is nothing to worry about and um we rang Hollis Street and they said obviously to come straight in but uh so we did and again you know I, I don't really even think I, I was so calm that I think that even when the midwife met me she's like I don't really think her waters have gone um but uh they were great and yeah lo and behold I had and uh, but there was no sign of labor uh, so I guess they I met my consultant that night she was amazing he came around at around half 12 one o'clock and you know the the plan was that look we'll try to keep the baby in belly for as long as we possibly can he's saying you know you could make it to very close to the end of your pregnancy but you won't be leaving Hollis Street in that time um or they might decide to come and if he decides to make an appearance um Tom was breached for my whole pregnancy we knew that we'd have to have a section straight away because um you know it obviously wouldn't have been safe to allow mm -hmm. you know any kind of um labor to progress or anything like that and they did feel that you know when a baby's breached a labor can progress very quickly so I was being closely monitored and um I, it was Monday that I went in and um labor kicked off early Wednesday morning so uh I ended up having a section and Tom arrived safe and sound but it actually that deathly calm that came over me when my waters broke actually stuck with me right until I was in, in the theatre um, and the I was waiting for the anaesthetist to come um, and I, I saw just the little cot they had for mm. Tom and they had they were saying to me look you know the baby doctors are going to be here and they had, you know a team of people for Tom and it was only that moment that I realised oh my gosh are they worried about him mm. it, it really it never dawned on me um, it never dawned on me before, before that at all.
to be honest. So I think it was just, I, it, that is that is my natural go-to in any kind of crisis. And I would not say this is a crisis, but any kind of very stressful situation, you know, it, it is to go to that place where I just, I'm present, but I'm not present. And I'll, so it's... Um, it's a security. It's a detachment from what's it, going yeah, on to I preserve so. how you're feeling. I think so. And I don't maybe tap into... Um, kind of feelings sometimes I, like I'm very touchy-feely but I don't always tap into my own feelings a lot of the time so I kind of just stay at a different level to them sometimes um, and that's definitely what I did until that moment when I saw them there and I thought oh my gosh this is um this is actually real and he's not he's not supposed to be arriving right now but um yeah you know they they, they were all amazing in there which was great and he did arrive mm-hmm. and yeah he sure did it was um he, he I, you know, anyone who's had a section, it's very quick. Um, so again, the whole thing, when I say a whirlwind, I mean, all of it's a whirlwind. I think sometimes that's even why when I think about motherhood or the last number of months, I kind of sometimes feel almost a little bit detached in some ways from that name being called a mom and all the rest mm. of it, even though it's the biggest part of my whole life now it's just that it all happened so quickly I reflect back and feel like I was hardly pregnant um I feel that the he arrived before I'd even kind of realized it was even possible that he would arrive and actually um him being born was so quick because the section was so fast Mm. um and then obviously he was whisked away but again we were really really lucky because he um, he was just about four pounds and he was born so teeny tiny, but um, really, really well. You know, he needed uh, minimal support, um, which was great. Now, he was obviously in the NICU for um, between the NICU and special care for two, two and a half weeks. It's actually all of it's still a little bit of a blur. So I, I'm not some of the my timelines mm. are a bit off with it and. I just I just don't actually look back to that time very often. You don't even really look at the photos of him when he was that small. But um, he he was in there and like they took great care of him. Um, I it was a good couple of hours at least until I saw him myself. Um, again, the timeline is a little bit off for me, but um, it was definitely a good couple of hours anyway. Um, how how did it feel down. in those hours when you're? You know, you know, that's happened so quickly. All of a sudden you were going to bed. He was inside you and all it, of a sudden he's not. Yeah, it, you know, a, a whirlwind is the best way I can describe it. I, you know, I suppose I often say to Michael now that, you know, if we were to have another baby and it was to be a section that I would like to, it sounds crazy, but to see more of it so that mm-hmm. I can tap into what's going on a little bit. Um and hopefully they wouldn't be premature and whisked off, I guess, so that I can kind of really kind of go through the process, go through the process of it. And, and that transition from being, you know, me to now being me as mom, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I suppose I didn't feel I kind of had or and I, and I still think a, a lot about that. But the actual time between seeing him, you know, again, I don't know if it's self-preservation I, I don't remember a lot of it. Maybe it's even whatever medications I was given. Um, but, you know, if I'd had my time back, I'd have loved to have seen him more, if that makes sense, or to, to even remember that moment, because I, I, I just don't really remember it. But maybe that's common for a lot of people. Um, but I think it's just 
the the kind of couple of things together in that jigsaw piece that just make it feel like a big blur um but, but it was, it was, deep, it was trauma as well you know i mean that self-preservation of calm that's to mm -hmm. that's to not feel the fear and it's yeah i think so and i suppose my character is that you know for my family and close friends and i would even maybe say i suppose for my patients at work i you know i do take on that role of i have this under control so it's fine and, and I, so i try to always like do that in every situation um so i think it's probably an element of that as well um that i am always the one who's kind of in control and people will maybe come and ask me if they need something or help or you know i'll be that kind of voice of reason for people or or mm. the kind of you know kind of full back really i suppose in let's say in my family and things like that um but i yeah it's it's it, it was just um I, I didn't really I suppose, lean into it um, mm. and how I felt in that moment. But certainly um, when I did get down to see him, it was just it was amazing. Like you just know your little baby and it's yeah, I, I at that point, I didn't even see him as premature. He just looked mm. he looked absolutely perfect to me. But when I look back now, I think, oh, my gosh, he was so small. Mm. Um, but I, 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 I didn't see it at all. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. It takes a while, I think, even if things are going well, for it to sink in that, you know, your baby is here and this new role has started. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and you know, I have I have to say, you know, all the staff in Hollis Street were so amazing because I, I, I think in a funny way, I needed all of that support because I hadn't given enough as much time as I should have given to thinking about the new role in the first couple of days and weeks and things like that, that I think maybe other people do. You know, I didn't read any of the books and I didn't kind of think about what those couple of days might be like. I had planned to think about it, but I never got there. And whether I would have got there if I'd had the time, I don't know. Um, but, you know, the support that they gave me, I suppose, and they gave to everybody in there in terms of even basic things, you know, about how to try to feed your little baby and, you know, how to hold them and bathe them and change nappies and all of those things. And I, I really feel like I needed that, you know, and I don't know if that's terrible or not natural that I felt I needed somebody to show me those things, but I, I did. And I, I really feel very grateful because by the time I got him home, I felt so comfortable with him and I wasn't kind of anxious with him really, um, bar from maybe a health point of view, but I mean, in terms of how to care for his basic needs, I felt, you know, I've been doing this in the hospital with a little bit of guidance um for the past number of weeks so so that was that was great did you feel your confidence continue to rise as the weeks went on and that you could mellow into this new person um i yeah i i think i did um i think your confidence or my confidence anyway over the last seven months have got has gone up and down um you know every time there's a new challenge whereas in the past you only had to think about really yourself now you think about or your baby I think about Tom and I think 
am I making the right decision? Am I being selfish? Am I, do I have my priorities where they need to be? You know, is this, is this the right decision? You know, everything comes with that um, underlying thought and that's everything from really basic, simple things, you know? So I think, um, and sometimes you, you, you have those thoughts and think to yourself, yeah, I have made the right call and then your confidence grows, but there's other times you think, gosh, I'm not so sure. And that obviously, um, impacts a little bit on your confidence as well and a lot of that's all internal you know I don't think it's something that anyone on the outside sees that dialogue that's going on or that kind of extra facet and when you're making um of, of thought when you're making a decision um about things so I would say that the confidence goes up and down but you know I'm quite happy with that because I feel I feel that's normal um it's normal for me anyway I think I'm always somebody who I suppose will always question how how well I'm performing at something, even if it's something that I do day in day out. It's you know I I I don't take those kind of things for granted. So I'm quite happy with that um, thought process. Um, As someone who like you know I love work, I mm-hmm. love who I you know I love the path that I've that I've taken over the you know all of the years in developing who I am and what I can mm-hmm. do and that part of me. And I know from conversations with you that it is mm-hmm. a huge part of who you are. Yeah. How did you figure out how to now become both? I really don't have it figured out. And, and that's the mm-hmm. honest answer. I really don't. And actually, it's the biggest source of, I suppose, stress and worry. And I think I probably cry about it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just... I really don't have that figured out. I I find that such a challenge because, you know, I love my job. Um, I love everything about it, but I love my family. I do my job because obviously the love I have for it, but equally I feel like, you know, I want to have a good job, to have a nice life and to give Tom a nice life and, you know, to have some security in life. That, that, that security is really important to me. But at the same time we're trying to draw the line between achieving that and you know sacrificing maybe time with him and you know like i suppose experiences with him it's trying to trying to find the balance between all of that and yet you know other thoughts i have around it is that in other ways i'm like for me like i'm proud to be working as well um and i you know I want to make him proud too. So there's there's just a whole host of thoughts that go along with trying to um, balance motherhood with professional life. And I really, really don't have it figured out. I I feel like a lot of the time I'm dropping the ball on every single front, to be really, really honest. Mm. Um, but it's it's the truth. And I hope I'll have it figured out. I am very lucky that I, you know, I have an amazing husband. Um, and family and amazing colleagues now at work as well. And, you know, I think that that'll all make it easier, but I think it's not just about those that are around you. It's about your own internal system as well. And I think I still need to work on that because I'm always going to be hard on myself and trying to push a little bit too much um, on every front. So I think that's, yeah, it's a work in progress, I think is the answer. Yeah, listen, I I have yet to meet anyone who I think has got it sorted um and i think particularly you know you have a very successful business that needs you um 
it's not something that you can easily step away from, especially as you said, you know, he arrived so early. So I'm sure there was other elements that you hadn't prepared, not just having not read the baby books. No, um, absolutely. And it's the blurring of lines and the, the figuring all of that out. And particularly, as you said, you know, the success of this business impacts the life that you could possibly give to him. Yeah, it does. And there's that. And I suppose, you know, I never know how to describe myself in that, you know, I'm obviously a mum now. Um, I'm obviously a business person, but I first and foremost, I suppose, like I feel like I'm a healthcare provider in that I really feel like my, my patients are not really my clients, is if that makes sense. So I do mm -hmm. feel an obligation to them as well to not let anybody down. You know, I suppose even, for example, you know, I feel like I'm leaving my patients in Cork down because I haven't been able to go back yet. And then I say to myself, Edel, if you're in a regular job, you would still be on maternity leave. You're, you know, it's OK. Mm -hmm. um, so it's trying to balance all of those things in that it's, you know, anyone with a business or that type of a, a career will will, I suppose, have obligations to their business. But I feel like my obligations are obviously to the business and to make sure that those that I work with me have enough work. But really, my bigger obligations within my work life are not to leave the people who've trusted me down really um and then it's balancing that with the somewhat competing interest of not letting my son down and making sure that i am around for him and present and you know kind of balance that need that want that i have sorry that want that i have to provide a nice life with actually being the mum that collects him and is here and is playing and is mm. jumping around and all of those things with him so it's it's yeah it's, it's a bit of a funny funny um or difficult uh uh balance and this week marks mother's day and mother's day i think can be a tricky day uh it can be a tricky day for so many that maybe have lost a mom or thought that they would be or have had a challenging year in some way um, but of course, it is a really special day, special time when it is your first time that you get to actually mark it and celebrate it. And it's not about the flowers and it's not about the scented candle. You know, those things aren't what's important. How does it feel for you that you've, after all these years, finally got here? Oh, it's just it's like obviously Mother's Day is um, a big day for lots of people but it's actually it's when you take stock any day it can just be that Sunday when you're you have the time to breathe and you're I don't know walking in Dundee or Cavendish Lee Park my local park with your like your pram and your husband and our little dog and you just feel oh my gosh this is exactly what I was thinking about a couple of years ago and it feels like just, I don't know the beauty and the simplicity of it and just getting that coffee and just it just it feels amazing so you know Mother's Day aside it's just when you just take and I take that moment and I just think to myself I feel so lucky um so I'm sure I'll feel like that on Mother's Day as well just to realize that gosh yeah this is actually my day now too so um yeah it's it, it, I'm sure it will feel quite special but maybe not much more special in lots of ways than those days that I feel just blessed to have him and to have got to this point with him now that's that's totally how I would have felt. I always, I don't know, I always think there's this kind of sense of expectation that you're supposed to 
do something, feel something, receive something yeah. more than the usual. And it is still, it is still a day. And there will be random Tuesdays where you yeah. look at your children and think, oh my God. And then there can be this pressure sometimes. You know, it's a bit like that pressure of Christmas Day has to be perfect. You have to feel these things and it has to be 10, 15, 20% more love than every other day. And it isn't. You know, it's, if anything, <laughs> now that I'm four or five years in, I'm like, oh, Mother's Day, maybe, maybe a chance for some alone time. <laughs> yeah, know? I know. It's, it, you know, and... It, it can just mean so many different things to so many people but like even when I think about my own mum Mother's Day of course we got her a card and maybe some flowers but I mean I, it's not really Mother's Day that I reflect back as being a wonderful day with my mum yeah. it's like other days that we might think about oh gosh you know that was a really nice day in town or we went for a nice coffee or a lunch or something but that's not that's not necessarily Mother's Day so it's more what we did as opposed to the actual day that I would maybe remember. And I think she would say the same herself. So I try to take the pressure off specific days and just try to enjoy, even if it's only one day in the week, like enjoy something altogether. We go for a, lo- a coffee to our local coffee shop routinely now since we've had Tom. And sometimes it's even very early in the morning before going to work. And actually, that's just my favourite thing in the world to do. Mm. And that's it. And honestly, if you like set this whole day up Mm-hmm. to be something you can be damn sure that they like something will happen that will take it off track because that's what <laughs> children and babies are exceptional at absolutely and the stress rises and it's like oh it wasn't supposed to you know it was supposed to be this picture perfect thing and oh I don't know I'm I love to celebrate the particular days of the year and I think mm-hmm. Mother's Day is so important to mark but I just think there's so much love all of the other days as well and sometimes the most wonderful thing I think for me on Mother's Day is just oh just go slow just go slow and just drink it in and have a really soft kind day instead of and actually I've quite enjoyed the lockdown ones over the last couple Mm. of years instead of having to I don't know well where are they taking you from I don't want to go anywhere I just want to cuddle up and and read books and watch some movies and cuddle them and just be with them it's a great excuse to not have to run around tidying the house so yes yes <laughs> you know I'll take any excuse for those um but of course it is it is so special I think all well, if if you you know to find I think everyone has a different yeah I think everyone has a different perception of it but absolutely you know internally I will definitely have a think to myself and probably think this is great you know um and take that little bit of extra stock that day it's not about kind of for me it's not about going somewhere nice for lunch or anything like that it's I would love to just have a simple day and go up to Grumps and have a cup of coffee yeah. and go for a wander in the park you know and reflect on the seven months yes you know I think you've been through a lot and it has been you might think a whirlwind um it, you know and it's okay to look back and kind of acknowledge actually what ha- happened because it was off track um and as planners and controllers and the people who have everything sorted sometimes when things happen unexpectedly um it can be hard for us to wrap our heads around 
And of course, you know, having him in, in you know, prematurely and having to be cared for in Hollis Street, how wonderful the, the team and the staff in there are. But it also wasn't what you expected. It wasn't what you had planned. It wasn't what you had imagined. All those things are hard to join the dots on. So I think, you know, you've done amazingly well and reflect on that and be proud of that. And when you're ready, you'll be able to look back at those pictures because his birth was incredibly special because he is here. Absolutely is. He is your little boy and he is thriving and he is doing so well. No, he is. He's doing amazing. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he went through a lot in his early um, weeks, but um, he's absolutely flying it now. You would never, you would never, you'd never notice, you know, we actually didn't even touch on it, but, you know, at six weeks, he ended up with meningitis, which is a whole <laughs> other podcast. But, but I mean, you know, he really went through a lot, but he is just a great little baby now and dying to crawl. So we're keeping a very watchful eye on him because I feel like he's going to suddenly arrive at my feet any day now and within a blink of an eye he'd be running around I know that's a whole other phase too absolutely thank you for joining us for this really special Mother's Day episode um, and it is to acknowledge I suppose all of the mothers that are celebrating for the first time this year no matter kind of what the year had in store for you um, and I really do hope that you do have a lovely day thank you Sinead I hope you have a lovely day too the ladies <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review, share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest, Dr Adele Woods on Instagram.